This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. There's no other way. Somebody's going to have to jump. You're going to have to jump. Are you gonna jump? What are you fucking nuts? Did you ever watch the Twilight Zone? God, remember the Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was oh, down on yeah, basic glasses. Mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own. And then this one came back, and it was over two weeks. And the other mannequins went come over here for a minute and turned her into plastic. You, you want to see something? Really Welcome everybody to Zoning Out. I'm still not Chris Feinstein. John Sachs. Frank Bonacci. My name is Frankenstein. And still no not Chad. Tonight we are talking about the Twilight Zone episode. Where is the episode? Well, we're waiting. Ah, episode two, season two, episode 10 of the Twilight Zone. That's how he does it. I'm doing it in reverse. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Zoning Out. No. Frank, can I tell you something? Yeah. You do it so much better. No. So much better. Stop. So much better. They're going to so be better. here. I already forgot how he used to do it. <laughs> it's old news. It's old turn news. The, turn, the, turn the page. Bokuwa, Frank Bonacci, called John Saxodis. <laughs> um now wait let's go back to the japanese porn <laughs> oh we can't what what are they reading they're what just, news they're are reading like news copy news? they're 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 anchor people they're just like picture like the like the news segments are normal ish yeah they're just, just reading just the picture news. katie Couric reading the news yeah it's like tonight and you know of course they're not saying that and they're just reading the news and uh guys are just you know just you know Leaving little gifts in around. Say no the, more. Yeah. So they're leaving gifts and, and they just, and the thing is, they don't break character. They just keep reading the news until the last guy is finished. Yeah. That's it. And they just end it. And their makeup's a mess by that point. I guess that's I something. Should, I should say, Frank, by the time this comes out, there will have been a lot of momentum on the street because we mentioned doing a porn star draft. Whoa. I'm just saying, it's not impossible. It's not, not, not impossible that we do a porn star draft. Just putting it out there. So our fans. 
might have to lock that one behind the paywall just yeah, so it's just like course. listen it's only for a more discerning it's like when <laughs> i'm gonna bring some old tv knowledge you know it's the one of the saddest bits of tv or it's not tv videos you ever watch candid camera used to do like adults only candid camera that they'd sell on vhs and mm-hmm. it's just like a guy would be like you know at a diner or something and the waitress comes over and she's naked and they just film that as a guy like pretends he's not naked and then now fun comes out like this guy's gonna be so shocked he didn't think he ordered this and it's just like a, something <laughs> dumb and that's just it's it's really uncomfortable but not for the way, reasons they want it's just the naked right. girl and, so and you just the, feel bad for her you just feel bad for everyone involved like yeah, yeah. and then the guy comes out ha, ha, we fooled you it's like what fooled what she's naked what's right. the gag our next sequence might be called why i like to be nude it's a lecture by a young lady to an audience of one. Watch. This is how abrupt I am. See, I would be a bad mark. I would immediately go, whoa, that lady's tits are out. Like, <laughs> immediately and just blow the bit. A most unusual camera. <laughs> when three unintelligent crooks get a hold of a camera that takes pictures of the future, they set out to make a quick fortune with their new toy. Directed by John Rich, written by Rod Serling. All right, so this husband and wife uh, beef thieving larcenist team of Chester and Paula Diedrich. They just robbed an antique shop, and they don't got they don't got nothing really good. They got this old box camera. Proprietors of the shop listed the following collectors' items as among the goods stolen: two vases of the Ming Dynasty. Yeah. I don't know what dynasty they're from, but they ain't Ming's. These are some dumb rummage sale. They're worth about half a shock apiece. And uh, they're just complaining about the they didn't get anything good from this little heist. <laughs> Oh, let me get that last line again because somebody's coughing. (laughs) They find an old box camera and they're complaining because they didn't get a good haul from this heist. I was Uh, just waiting to see like a shoe fly into frame. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for one too, to be quite honest. Yeah. He takes a picture of his wife, but when he develop, it's self-developing. Which did they have Polaroids then? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm talking out of my ass here. Yeah, and that's like an antique camera, so I doubt it's like a 20s pol- like Polaroid. Booth Templeton from previous week's episode wasn't taking pictures of his flailing wife while he was. <laughs> back in those days it's like flipping in the round and it's developing so i guess it's like a ma- it's a magic camp yeah it's magic i look at the picture so there i am standing by the window wearing a fur coat chet what am i doing wearing a fur coat i wasn't wearing a fur coat when you took that picture i don't even own a fur coat she opens one of the trunks of uh, some of the stuff they stole and there's a fur coat in it and then she poses in the same pose she was in the picture. And he's like, wait a second. This camera takes pictures of the future. So it's a crazy camera. So it takes dopey pictures that really aren't there. Yeah, it takes dopey pictures. Dopey pictures like things that haven't happened yet, but they do happen. So what's the dude yet? It's not a big deal to them. This magical ability, they seem fairly unaffected by this. Well, they're fairly affected, unaffected by most things. Everybody... Yes. <laughs> must be doped in, in this world everybody's just is just fucking high on oxy because nothing phases anybody not not nothing not nothing. one thing are these people affected by uh so they take one more picture and it predict it shows uh paula's brother who's my favorite second well okay he's my favorite bad performance in the show hi paula hi chet i didn't want to wake you so i jimmy the door open 
I broke out. Me and another guy hitting a laundry truck. <laughs> it's nice, huh? I don't know. Maybe it's not bad. I think it's 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 an old timey comedy style bit he's going for of like like he's Is doing it? he's going for like the old style like version of a dummy like the way they I, used I don't, to portray his dummy. performance is like the episode to me i don't know if this is intentional i don't know if it's unintentional but i this is the funniest episode of the series so far oh yeah i was this, this episode's insane because nightmare as a child as we've talked about is a funny episode of how stupid it's, it is i love that episode for how bad yeah, it is i've turned it around on that episode because it's really made it's like look we all shit on it when it, we first watch it but listen we're still talking about it it's very memorable for how silly it is and I he think... refuses to let her not know that it was him. Please. <laughs> Just want to make sure. We know how we're talking about how I killed your mom, right? This is <laughs> Still funny, that one. This is even funnier. And we haven't even gotten to the thing that really got, I think we both know. We haven't talked about this yet. But we both no. know what's the funniest thing that happens in this episode. I, I might have to, I'm not even like treading lightly with that. I'm pretty certain we're both laughing at the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's multiple things. So her brother shows up and now they, they're convinced it's a real camera. He sees a, a racehorse on TV. He's like, that gives me an idea. And they're off to the racehorse. They're off to, uh, what is that called? The racetrack. <laughs> What's that called? Yeah. A racetrack. Uh, <laughs> getting a lot of uh, Let It Ride vibes here. I know John doesn't love that movie. Trifus. As much as me. Trifus, one of my favorite comedies ever. Tilly. Tilly. Peak Tilly. Peak Tilly. She's got very long legs. That's right. They go from my ass all the way to the floor. My legs. So he takes a picture. Smart. See, I'm dumb. I would have taken a picture of the, the finish line. But no, he takes a picture of the uh, scoreboard. Scoreboard. We're going to take a picture of the winning board at the racetrack. Before the race. The winning board before the race. Get it? No, I don't get it. Ah. He takes yes. a picture of the scoreboard. I was like, oh, that's smart. I wouldn't have done that. I would have just uh, crossed my fingers and say, see blurry horses. It's like, uh, is that a seven or a two? You know, he wins, obviously. He takes a picture. He gets the, the race results. They're back at their hotel room. They're counting a lot of cash. Everybody deals. It's so weird when people deal with cash. And another episode. Okay, this is, you know what type of episode this is? People with a lot of money all over the place. <laughs> And uh -huh. letting everybody who walks into the room that they have a lot of money. Yeah. He's on the phone with somebody and he's like, he's talking to a big man. He's like, how much you say again? 10,000? No, I'm not backing out. I'm just seeing if I want to. Hmm. Hangs up the phone. The, the nitwit brother's eating chicken. <laughs> this guy. He's, yeah. he's, 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 I mean, I, it's a fun nitwit. Like, I think it is intentionally funny, but I'm not laughing. It's intentionally funny for then, but I'm not laughing at what they designed it to be funny for, if that right. makes sense. I'm laughing uh -huh. at just how, I, I guess it's on my modern sensibility. It's like, that's such a, uh, what's, what's the. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber. To improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu.
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Rosetta Stone. What's the word? Uh, it's a Rosetta Stone. It's a Rosetta Stone. It's <laughs> very not. I'm trying to like something that means old timey. It's just like a uh, archaic version of like yeah. a dumb performance. It's like oh, it's one of. It's so I find that funny because he's like a cartoon. Yeah, he's very cartoonish. I think one performance that I did like. I think she was genuinely funny, and I was very attracted to her. Was Jean Carson as Paula? I think she's actually very Ooh. good in this episode. She's got that Lucille Ball circa nineteen seventies smoker's voice. Ah, Ricky, like she's got that voice, and uh, she's got some miles on her. I uh, like that. I love miles. Love some miles on her. She looks like she would give you like a very terse and <laughs> workmanlike handy. And I don't know why. <laughs> I'm very terse. Uh, you finished yet? Like, I could just picture that. <laughs> and that would make me so happy. While say. smoking a cigarette. While smoking a cigarette. Let, come on, hurry up already. <laughs> Shoot you, bitch. <laughs> and what are you loaded with? I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> some people in Japan like to watch the anchor people. <laughs> we yeah. Tend to read There's the news. No shame. No shame here. It's all no sex positive. Hey, man. This is this is welcome to zoning out after dark. <laughs> zoning out after dark, Frank and Chad. <laughs> it's like, see, this is why Chris should be here because I just go into the most degenerate topics if not, somebody isn't like watching over me. And I just encourage it. Yeah, you're like, go ahead. I, I brought up porn within the first four seconds. See, cooler heads prevail, thank God, when I'm editing the show because a lot of stuff will not make it. <laughs> it often doesn't, but it's like that. Oh. I can't let that hang out in there. We got to set something up for the Patreon to li- yeah. listen to our unfiltered conversations. I said, I have all these scraps that have, uh, there's a pile of scraps I have. Like I, I say, you know, I save all these, like all the recording. I'm like, man, this is funny. But it, like a lot of times I cut the show, uh, especially this season. Cause I think uh, we like in, in between seasons, we had a discussion. It's just like, let's keep it more to the show. As much as we like those discussions where we go all over the place, as long as it's within the bo- it's within the body of talking about the episode. So if you've noticed that, that's intentional. Sure. And I, I do appreciate I was a little leery about that when we first started that, but I do think it's better because like we kind of go off and honestly it just makes my job easier as an editor too. Cause it's just sure. like, wow, I don't have all this shit. So like these little tangents that are subtopics that are within the body of the episode, you can do that. Yeah. So a waiter comes in, a French wait, the French waiter. Like when I say a French waiter, like have you ever seen like a French waiter in like an old 50s movie. He's like the quintessential, like Maurice Chevalier sounding yes. French French uh, waiter. Hey, put that down. Oh, let him look at it. But you never saw anything like that before, huh, Pierre? Uh, mais non. Most unusual, sir. Isn't it, though? You don't know how unusual. Pierre. Pierre. His name is Pierre, too. I mean, yeah. it's just... <laughs> that, that cough he's like he's looking at I, I, and they're like hey that camera is really awesome like so they tell the guy about the camera he's just a waiter right he's just a waiter and then he they let him pick it up it's just like the magic goose golden goose egg thing maker thing you ain't touching that but they also have stacks of clearly like tens of thousands of dollars just hanging out all over the place they, just cash everywhere just cash everywhere 
This is Walter White in like season five. Yeah, they just, they have no couth with the money. They let him hold the camera and he reads the inscription on his side. The inscription reads, Dis à la propriétaire. That means 10 to an owner. Well, I presume that means you may only take 10. Dis à la propriétaire. Dis la, di à la propriétaire. Which means in French, 10 to an owner, which means they only have 10 pictures and they've taken eight. So they're like, uh-oh. They start arguing amongst themselves. Now, this is where the episode takes an, a turn from humdrum, not funny, com- mostly not funny comedy to hilarious, embarrassing, <laughs> and bad choices hilarity. The last four minutes of this episode, we're playing in the sandbox with gods. And now a word from our sponsors. Every element of it from when, okay, so they start arguing. What we got to do is hang on to it, save it for a rainy day. No, we don't. We got to sell it. We got to They start fighting over the camera. They take a picture. I want to make sure I'm going to be very thorough, more thorough than I am usually breaking this down because I really want to make sure every moment of this, every bit of minutiae. Go frame by this. frame, please. Yeah. So they're arguing. The brother and, and the, uh, the, the bald lead Chester. guy, Chester, start fighting over the camera. And incident and by accident, snap a picture. And they're like, oh, look what you've done. You snap now. It's only not, there's only one left. The wife's like, I have heart palpitations. I'm having heart palpitations. He's like, yeah, hot pal- you and your phony baloney heart palpitations or whatever he says. He's like, palpitations are good. I think that's what he tells her. Yes, yes. Oh, palpitations. Palpitations. You and your palpitations, phony palpitations and a stupid brother. So <laughs> then I have my hands together because this is very important. He sees what the, the picture is that the camera took and it's a picture of the wife holding up her arms in a defensive gesture and screaming sort of and he's like wow why do you think she's screaming tell you why she's screaming she's screaming because somebody's trying to do something to her husband some stupid no good ex-con who wants to get that camera and doesn't care how he gets it no idiot brother is trying to kill her husband for the camera ex-convict jerk louse maybe she's mad because yours is gonna Attack her sweet, innocent, younger brothers. Then the uh, Chester pulls out, which is seemingly like the, the saw blade on a Swiss army knife. It is the uh-huh. flimsiest from the, this is where it's like amazing because that knife is just like, all I could think, it took me right out. It's like, they couldn't get a better prop knife than that. They start tussling and work their way around the room till they get to right to the, <laughs> the window in the center. The wide open window. Wide open window. <laughs> and they soundlessly fall out of it. <laughs> Please don't, don't. There's no sound. There's no impact sound. There's, they don't make a noise when they fall. They just kind of go. Continuing the trend of unfazed. Even when they're falling out of a window to their death, unfazed. They, they, yeah, they, they don't try to stop themselves. They just kind of lazily tip over <laughs> towards the window. They don't, it's not like, it's not justified in the action, how they fall out. It's like the worst sell. If this was a wrestling spot, be like, this is the worst sell in history. Shaq Master! I told you. Oh, like they do not sell it very particularly well at all. Like it's like would they have one take of that? They lazily fall out. The wife, and this is genuinely funny. The wife is, oh no, my brother and my husband, I have nothing left. And she falls on the money. She's like, my husband, Woodward, I'll die. There's nothing left for me. Nothing. However. 
We must muddle through these things. We must live with tragedy. Poor Woodward. Oh, well, that's kind of funny. The way she, yes. she reads that is really funny. She's really good. And uh, Serling wrote this role specifically for her because he liked her. How did he know her? I don't know. They don't. I couldn't find anything, but uh, I guess he... It's always like when you read stories, they met at a party. Yeah. That's like... Cocktail a party. Yeah. It's like, ah, I'll write you. I'll write you something. Maybe he was like doing like a Prince move where like, you know, a Prince would like write music for vanity so he could get a little some. You know, that's what he's pulling a Prince move. It's like, yeah, I'll write you this good role for you. And it's a good role. She's actually... I genuinely, I genuinely, genuinely enjoyed her performance. Yeah. Okay. Now it gets weird. <laughs> now it gets even better. Because then the French waiter comes back. He's like, I'm here to do your laundry, monsieur. And she's like, oh, you don't have to do our laundry. And he's like, no, I'm cleaning you out. But I understand there is something in the way of laundry that I should take. You got the wrong room. Uh, there's no laundry here, Jack. As a matter of fact, I'm checking out. So I understand, madame. Your two friends, they already uh, checked out. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? doing i told you i was here to take the laundry i'm uh, how do you say uh, cleaning you out you're cleaning me out well what do you think i'm gonna be doing while you're cleaning me out huh well i'll cue you i'm gonna be calling the cops the cops <laughs> oh you mean the police he starts taking all their money and she's like i'm gonna call the cops he's like you cannot call the cops you're a crook inspector clouseau starts taking all the rest of their money so he takes all their money and He's like, oh, here's the camera. And he takes one last picture of the bodies on the ground that are apparently on the ground. The the husband, there's no sound outside. Like there's nobody went, yeah. oh, you know, like anything. <laughs> it's just, he takes a picture of it, develops. And he's like, there are three bodies there. She's like, three? And <laughs> runs at high speed towards the window. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, she goes flying out of it. It's like, you know, there is a picture of the courtyard down below, but there are more than two bodies. More than two bodies? Oh! Like, like she, there was just like, okay, that's ridiculous. Then he's just like, oh, well, and he looks at the picture again. He goes, wait, there are four bodies. The camera pans down, and then you hear, oh. Just like the picture shows. One. Four. Like really badly And apparently he has fallen to his death too. Which they it's amazing for multiple reasons. They couldn't figure out a bad way. Like they were struggling for a reason both times to have them fall to find a reason for them to fall out the window. They could they didn't even bother. That's what made me fucking, I started howling from that. I was like inconsolable laughing from that. That was amazing. That's like one of the best bad things. Like it was like one of those things that make, man, I wish I was watching this with people. Like, like, cause we, like I could just picture, I could picture myself in like my twenties in North Carolina, stoned out of my mind with a bunch of friends that I used to hang out with and watch it. And I was just cackling on the floor from that. It, it was really entertaining. I was very okay. entertained. Maybe not for the reason Unbelievable. They finish they they th there was breadcrumbs early on the first picture where she is now wearing this big exotic fur coat and she just says oh so i've got a fur coat in the picture so what that was the first taste of oh this could be special yeah to be that unaffected by something truly magical and insane i thought right. oh this we got like i perked up i sat up a little i go oh this this we could we could get something here I don't know where this is going, but this could be really good. It tried to go for a, a comic tone to like, I guess they realized it was stupid. And they said, let's make it a little silly. 
but it wasn't it, it wasn't enough no. like to, but listen it was it, it, it was to keep it entertaining now like perversely it is a very perversely entertaining episode i think we might have i have the belt to to be truly great when terrible you have to be unaware yeah, completely it why it's terrible and this is totally unaware of how absurd it is in those last four minutes and that's a special place that you can't plan for. It, it, it's like this. It's like no, he's not gonna. She's not gonna fall out the window. And when she like dives <laughs> over out the, that over window, that little tiny wire, there's a tiny wire. They establish a <laughs> tiny wire which her feet don't actually touch, which is really funny. If you watch <laughs> it, the, the tip of her not, heel. Her feet does no goes nowhere. They just show it's like it could have been that. <laughs> it could have been this. Like, she tried to avoid it, and that's why she left. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking did a. Sw- she did. Like, she did like a running dive. Yeah, like she's Craig Biggio going into second base. She fucking she full spring break. She like fucking <laughs> like that's a crowd surfing dive. She went into. Yeah, like, and just <laughs> that's that's like MTV circa late nineties jumping into the crowd. It's dive. the lack of like auditory input that makes it even funnier. The first, all three of them actually, because there's nothing, <laughs> but then you don't see it. Like there's lack of input. There's lack of audio input for the first two and lack of visual input. So it's like, did he fall? How did he fall? And it's like, and then Surly comes on and says, Object known as a camera. Vintage uncertain, origin unknown. But for the greedy, the avaricious, the fleet of foot, who can run a four-minute mile so long as they're chasing a fast buck, it makes believe that it's in a lie. But it isn't at all. It's a beckoning come-on for a quick walk around the block in the twilight zone. Greed is bad. Good night. <laughs> oh, this 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 is a special one. I, I I don't I don't really don't think this was intentional. I think Serling was dictating a story idea in front of in front of his dame assistant by the pool. He like he drops the recorder into his pool, and they had to shoot the next day. And and this is what happened. I don't know how else you can explain what occurs in this episode. How else can you explain it? Because there's not one element. I mean, there's a good no, idea that look, a, fo- a camera that takes pictures of the future. Yeah. Good idea. Holy shit. You could do a lot with that. And I believe others have, I've seen this premise. Listen, it's definitely a groundbreaking premise that I've seen it done other times. I think I've seen this done other times. This, this premise, I know it was done in the goosebumps, uh, children's novels, say cheese and die. And say cheese and die again. Those were Goosebumps novels. Uh, I guess they took that premise. Bizarre. Like, frankly, bizarre episode. Like, really, the lack of any kind of internal logic in character motivations, in in physics, in, in just the general use of the concept. And I love, my favorite thing with this show is, and I'm, okay, we have two right now. We have two episodes. Keep this, keep this in your head. And Chris and Justin, when you listen to this, keep this in your head too, because I want this to like pay attention. How many more episodes will we find where somebody has an absurd amount of money that they just let just all over the place? Yeah. It, in not any kind of sequential order that makes sense. Just just all over the place. And then the French guy just comes out. I'm just going to take your money. I see th- like he immediately because th- let me just say the logic of this. This waiter saw that they had money and looked out the window and heard Chris splat. It's like, oh, they jumped out the window. I'm going to go upstairs, take that fucking money. Yeah. Like immediately, because he's up there within two minutes. Like, oh, here's my shot. He's like, I was going to wait for them to like go out because they clearly have no, I mean, they're just leaving it all over the place. Yep. Uh, bizarre characters. Everybody's stupid. Everybody's really stupid in this one. Like, like dumb. Like, you know, and, and like a couple of them intentional, but like that knife, 
Bro, I'm telling you, I know it's tough to describe, but that knife immediately that sets off a chain of events where it's this cartoonishly <laughs> tiny knife. Like it's literally, I'm not talking kidding. It's the Swiss Army serrated one. It's that. It's like, what, what is he supposed to do with that? You help him open a can? What are you doing? Ah, <laughs> uh, I love that. I, I loved every that last five minutes was the hardest I've laughed all week. Like I was genuinely laughing to like I couldn't breathe. I was like, holy shit! That that last one. That sound, if I haven't played it eight times already, of <laughs> him going, oh, oh, oh. I dress myself in Cashmere! And now, Mr. Serling. This may look to you like any dismal, dark, and dingy alley that lies skulking off the million myriad shadow places off the main drags. Actually, it's the private domain of leprechauns and elves and supplies the locale of next week's Twilight Zone. With us for a very special occasion is Mr. Art Carney, who plays the role of a department store Santa Claus. And he plays it with the heart, the warmth, and the vast talent that is uniquely Carney. On the Twilight Zone next week, the Night of the Meek.